everybody, and welcome to Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. That's right, it's another game show episode. Back to back game show talks. What do you know? Uh, so, recently, uh, it was my birthday. Happy birthday, me. And I, well, let's just say I, I've been having a really not that fun of a birthday. It, it happens. Um, hopefully things get better about that. <clears throat> um, but my voice has been very raspy. <laughs> and it's like, well, this isn't really good for, for podcasting or making videos. So I've been trying to make sure it's not like long COVID or anything really tough. But you never know with these kind of things. So... Anyway, as I was trying to, like, rest up, I realized, oh, shit, it's my birthday. The annual tradition is finally here. This is my top five favorite game shows list. Every year at this time, I make a list of my five favorite game shows. And we started this about five years ago. This is the fifth anniversary of the top five list. Uh, the reason being, uh, you tell people you make a game show podcast, they say, hey, what's your favorite game show? And then you just sort of just go like, well, it's, it, if you can't just do like new or old, because if it's old, there's so many different formats, it just becomes overwhelming. So I always do whatever was new. Uh, the criteria for this is that this has to be a game show that had a new episode between March 1st of last year to March 1st of this year. Uh, so, believe it or not, and this is uh, something that we'll probably bring up earlier in the episode, uh, <clears throat> Cheat. Uh, cheat, and I believe Survivor? Was it Survivor? Both had new episodes on March 1st, so they are both qualified for this year's running. Uh, and... I decided to do my uh, usual, uh, figure out what is what, and record it on YouTube, and it's up on Patreon. So, uh, if you want to know how we came up to with these five games, uh, check out patreon.com slash and you'll see me agonizing over every single game show. Everything from The Price is Right to the reboot of Password to Run for Money Battle Royale. Because there's just been so many great shows this year. Uh, so apologies in advance if you are in the game show industry and your show just did not get picked this year. It happens. I fluctuate every now and then. Um, it seems that every uh, year uh, there's like a little snap and it's like something really different shows up. <clears throat> uh for instance, here's a few shows I did not pick this year. The Mole, for instance. Even though there was a reboot on Netflix, and I like that reality show a lot, I did not pick it. Uh, mostly because it's just been just a ho-hum in terms of the challenges and trying to figure out who the Mole is. Uh, as I should explain, uh, whenever there's a format, it's not just one country's format, it's all of them. So, for instance, The Traitors... Uh, is the UK and the US and Australia. So it just becomes this overwhelming challenge because I had like hundreds of of shows in my, in my brain and it just had to quickly get reduced 
and it, it became such a challenge. Uh, so to come up with these five has been just, just painful to say the least, but the ones that I love, I really, really love. The theme essentially with all of my favorites this year has been surprises. I think when it came time to what was the best game show, these were all shows that had element of a surprise that caught me off guard, uh, that made me want to come back more and more. Uh, normally, when it comes to a game show, I, I just kind of want more different genre breaking or something that's a good time capsule of the game of, of the now. But hey, you'll, you'll find out in just a bit as we count down from five to one, my favorite game shows of 2022 to 2023. This is the 2023 list of my top five favorite game shows. Starting with number five. Number five on my list is Bridge of Lies. This is a BBC game show that really caught me off guard in the last years. So last year it made its debut and I thought for sure it was going to be the one that makes the list because it was one of the best new formats of last year. But I just didn't get into it enough that only Connect sort of took its spot. And it was the, basically the Battle of the BBC game show, and Bridge of Lies kind of fell off. But this year, I will say Bridge of Lies has become my favorite British quiz show. If that, I, I'd say qu it's a quiz show, essentially, that's uh, on BBC. Uh, it is a it's a very classic-y game show. Essentially, there's this big vi virtual screen on the floor. And there's these little, like, lily pad-looking things that have answers on them. And they all have to fit a criteria that matches the category. Like, the, on the lily pad is an athlete in the sport they're in. Or a, a, a game show and the game show host. You have to step on the game show with the matching host. If it's not, it's a lie. And you're wrong. If you land on one, you lose half your bank. You get three lies. You, you lose the episode. And you have five minutes on the clock to get from point A to point B. So just like I would say, like, boom, there's a ticking clock element throughout this game that plays a pivotal role. Like a video game aspect, uh, there is like a little uh, break area. If you get to the side corners, the clock can stop and they give you a lifeline of figuring out uh, one of the lies to help you out. And the final lifeline is a guardian angel mechanic that's in the back room. If at any point the team feels that uh, you might be on the verge of being eliminated, they can hit the panic button. You bank the money up to that point in the game and you advance. So just like things like uh, The Wall or uh, in, in shows like... Um, <clears throat> Set for Life, the guardian angel mechanic is typically... Uh, used as the big dramatic reveal at the end, but on this show, it's used as a mechanic 
in the midpoint to try and see which like player that they want to keep. In the final round, it's basically a true-false challenge, and just like every BBC game show before it, there is an element where you can buy a, f- a friend back if they got eliminated for half your money, you can play as is for the same amount, or if you sacrifice one of your team members, we can double the amount. Uh, so there is, just like the chase, this element of half, stick, or double uh, in this threat, in this big fin- finale where I have seen players complete the entire finale board without losing a player all the way to they had all four players and they ended up just toast and they leave with nothing uh to me that's what makes this such a great quiz show it is what the like the chase is sort of like mini video like mini games leading up to the final chase this is sort of that but every single round has this sort of ticking clock challenge with it that if you just want to watch those little end pieces, it's it's exciting to watch. The last time I felt this sort of way about a cool game show of a ticking clock has been in the 70s. And if you watch a buzzer when they upload episodes of it's sort of that same amount, that sort of live action video game trying to avoid the pitfalls sort of challenge. Uh, that I really do love. And it's something that I, I, I don't think exists in American game shows anymore. And as far as UK game shows, it's, it's a quiz show, but in a way that is really fun. And Ross Kemp is a fantastic host on Bridge of Lies because he's having this humbly kind of fun attitude when it comes to the, the crossing, quote-unquote, for these contestants, and he's always rooting for them and trying to uh, sound off. And this uh, second season, they updated uh, the format to be better, where the fourth and final player plays for double because they can't play for the uh, panic button. So it becomes this very cool, like, last chance to bank money sort of round and there's three options for panic, which makes this such an interesting quiz. And I, I think when it comes to like a team-based challenge show, this one is one that stuck out the most in a, in my favor. Uh, typically, when it comes to these kind of shows, I just am just not with it. But I would say that Bridge of Lies is the most GSN game show that's not on GSN. Why? There is no $1,000 minimum to win 10000 to get 6 and 6 No, it's not that. But it has that same sort of homely, lively, fun attitude, perfect middling afternoon daytime quiz show in a way that I have found the most fascinating over a lot of different game shows, and that includes Jeopardy of this year. That's right, uh, Jeopardy is not making the list this year. Uh, Mostly because, even though I think it's been fun to watch that show, uh, and Ken and Mayim has been delightful, it's a mix between the fandom being really icky with contestants that sits me out of the of that show and two the increase of tournaments i think they should be more of a specialty sort of thing instead of a gimmick so with something like bridge of lies it's just this wholesome fantastic kind of game and that to me is why i like it a lot so bridge of lies is my number five favorite game show now let's move on to number four 
That's right, just squeaking by this year, Cheat has ended up in my fourth place position. When I was deliberating for these game shows, Cheat was the one that's like, but it just came out. Should I put this on the list? It feels like mean and short sign to put it now when game shows like Only Connect have been on this show on this list for years. And something like I literally just told you was in that position. So I will spoil right now. In the final like four and five position, it was a fight between a Bridge of Lies, Cheat, the reboot of Password, and I literally just told you. I threw out I literally just told you because of that head-to-head finale has just sort of been just an uh, underwhelming kind of finish to the show. And even though it's such a great memory-based game show, it, it sort of just felt like if there was other shows out there, this it would have made the list, but it didn't. Password is such a great reboot but with all of the word guessing games out there, like 25 words or less and things like Pyramid, I sort of just said like of all of those passwords, my favorite, but is it my favorite enough to put on my top five? It's right there at six. And I felt really bad because I thought it was one of the best reboots of a game show in quite a while. Uh, so I literally just told you to make the cut. Jeopardy didn't make the cut. But Cheat somehow sneaked on by to be on my list, which is, I guess, true to the show itself. When it comes to Cheat, I love this show because it's two different games in one. It's this element of bluffing, and it's this element of being an actual quiz show. Every single time people have tried to perfect this uh, lie detector game show or this uh, the mole concept of there's a traitor among us sort of thing. And here's Cheat saying, what if everyone could be the cheater? What if any, everybody can lie? And that alone makes this an even better format than most. And the way that they handle the presentation with Ellie as the quiz master and the way that they handle uh, Danny as the as the, like the main antagonistic kind of host makes it such a great format in on Netflix where the length could be any time. When it comes to this head-to-head finale, which to me is what makes it such a great finale is because this is a game show that has no set time limit. It just has a set format. And that head-to-head finale where it's the sudden death head-to-head one person can if they get a question wrong, they're out. If someone makes the accusation of a cheat and they're wrong, they're out. But if someone makes the right accusation of someone cheating and they did, they win the show. That is something that I, I really, really love in this show that to me, that is uh, the take me by surprise moment in a game show that the last time I felt that way of a, oh my God, you know, that oh my God moment in a game show. The last time I felt that way was on The Hustler years ago when it came to that finale and it's the, here's the voting aspect. So-and-so is accused of being the hustler. You have 30 seconds to try and talk your way out of this. Here we go. And it's this very dramatic finale that you never see in a game show. With something like Cheat, where it's this sort of dual aspect. And when it comes to head-to-head challenges, typically on a game show, it's always that weakest link style, best of five penalty shootout. But when it comes time to this, this is real sudden death. This is a... I give you the answer. If you're right, you're still alive. But if someone accuses you of cheating, the game is over. So it becomes this sort of actual sudden death game. So it takes that concept of the 
we have one final question. If you're right, you're still alive. If you're wrong, you're out. And adds a new layer to it, which is the, but you have the element to cheat. We give you the answer. And that's the whole cue of this game is if you do that and your opponent catches you, they win. Uh, otherwise, you have to figure out when they do it themselves, so you win. So there's this big strategy back and forth sort of thing. And so far, eight ep- as of right now, eight episodes are out. There's going to be 12 episodes in this run. I don't think they're going to get a season two, which kind of sucks. I hope they get more episodes picked up, but you never know. It's Netflix. So this is my one and only chance to actually give a shout out to a Netflix game show that I thought took me by surprise, has an oh my god moment in terms of the cheating finale, and is just this really enjoyable show to play along with. Additionally, when it came to Netflix this year, a lot of it bombed, and something like Run For Money Battle Royale was almost going to be on this list because of Netflix, because of the way they handled a physical challenge aspect of Run For Money, this Japanese game show, and they made it into this big old Battle Royale sort of situation where there was teamwork and twists that I felt like if there was a season two already, it would have made the cut. But we only ended up with one season. So it, between all of these one season wonders, Cheat was the one that I picked the most. And it's the one that I'm still gravitating back to because, hey, more episodes are here. So, uh, again, check out Cheat on Netflix. It's one of the best game show quizzes out there. And I really hope it gets a pickup. But sometimes you got to cast out. But it's really one of the best game show formats to have come out in quite a while with the best in-game in quite a while. Because it always catches me by surprise when someone says... Hey, you're gonna hit the. Are you gonna call the c word? And then it's. Well, I'm thinking about it. this. Is for thirty two thousand pounds. Well, you know, whack. And then suddenly the the lights change. The stinger happens. Cheetah has been decried. And they and Danny goes into the whole dramatic of. This is it. We have a winner because you called cheat. If so and so did cheat, you have won the game. If not. And there's this big dramatic buildup that just, I love it so much. You have no idea when it comes to cheat. There's a lot of aspects that just make me go, yes, this is what I'm looking for in a quiz show. It's such a fun format that I I just love it a lot. And there's no way to really replicate that currently on any other format. So to me, cheat, thumbs up. Which leads me to my number three game show. Again, I'm so sorry that there's just a lot of British game shows that are on this list. Again, I don't mean for it to be a British game show list. I I put American game shows on here just as much as I did British shows. It's just the ones that I found most memorable. The ones that I wanted to keep watching just happened to be British this year. Uh, So apologies to name that tune and beat Shazam. Maybe I don't want to see any more music guessing games. Get something else, something fun. 
Oh, the last new format we saw was was like Lingo. I America can really do better with their game shows in prime time, but I don't think they do the faith. So don't blame me. Blame TV channels not taking a risk on their game show formats. A Limitless Win is a, a big money game show on ITV hosted by Ant and Deck. Ant and Deck have been longtime presenters on ITV and BBC. Uh, hosted everything from Pop Idol to X Factor to a Brin's Got Talent to other quiz show formats such as Push the Button, Saturday Night Takeaway, uh, Red or Black, which was one of my favorite re like game shows when it was season one, season two, not so much. And coincidentally, they made a new ep like a new game show last year ish uh, that was essentially a very dark dull kind of format uh and it was very blues and purples but not fun to look at because it was such as this really shitty virtual set but season two rolls around and they upgrade that virtual set they have more graphic packages more music a better graphic design when it comes to displaying the price tree and it it changed my view of the show all it turns out is if you just change the presentation just slightly with the looks and the sound and you keep that sort of atmosphere of the same game, it changes your perspective and you can enjoy the show. Just remember, change is a good thing sometimes. Other times it's a bad. For Limitless Win, that change made it go from the forget about to put it on the list. It's must-see television to me for a big money game show. And this is coming from the same channel ITV that has Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So ITV is already trying to reap a big brother and deal or no deal. And Limitless Win is their new big money game show. If you've never seen Limitless Win before, and most likely you haven't, essentially it is a mix between two prices. It's the price is right, but without prices. It's kind of more like numerical guessing games with an element of cliffhangers and an element of the prices right uh, showcase range and sort of a board game where every 10 steps of your guess you go up a certain amount on a prize ladder it's like it starts at like 500 it goes to a thousand and as the, you continue progressing, it goes from like 10,000 to 20,000, then 50,000, 100,000, 150, 200, then it gets to 250, and then every 10 spaces, it goes up a quarter million, which means it can go to 1 million or 2 million or 3 million. But the only way you can quote unquote bank that money on the prize letter is with exact answers. But to keep climbing up the ladder, you need to have lives. So if, if something was like, um, <clears throat> how many different colors make up a, a, an M&M's bag, and you say five, and the answer is, I believe, seven, you go up five spaces, but you lose two potential, and you lose two lives. So if you had, like, 30 lives, you lost two, you're now down to 28, here's your next question. Uh, and the questions that they have on this are really, really good, because it's a mix of, like, nostalgia of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, mixed with pop culture of today, mixed with like lengthwise, inchwise, or sort of wise. Like when it comes to like an American version of this show, it's very doable because it could be questions like how many Oreo cookies make up a basics like bag of Oreo cookies or uh, 
like how many years ago has it been since Space Jam, the original of Michael Jordan, was out in theaters? So questions like that could pop up on Limitless Win. And it's this nice couple game show where they're trying to twist the dial and try and, and hit it. And what I like about Limitless Win, and this is why, besides the graphic package, uh, the way they finally updated the lifelines and the hosting style of Anton Deck, is that, uh, again, that OMG shock moment happens where sometimes the contestants do really well and they're like 50,000 pounds or 100,000 pounds. So they can walk away with that money right now and they're already lingering at a quarter million or half a million and they're just playing with free money now at this point, knowing that if they don't know a question, they could just walk away and take home 100,000 pounds and it's all good. But they know if they're over, they lose everything. If they run out of lives, they lose everything. So there's so many elements in this game against them. And what happens time and time again, I'm seeing is sort of like, well, I think it's six, but it could be seven. Do you want to go seven? But if it's over, we lose everything. We can just walk away with 100,000 and there's that big fight every question. And then what happens? Let's just dial it to six. Whack. And then they play the game and they're putting the money at the risk. And it's six. Oh, it was seven. You lose a lot. If things like that happen constantly, which makes it a very edge of the seat game show. And one that I, I originally was like, okay with, but the more I watched season two, I was like, this is a hit. This is a hit big money game show. And it is one that I have just fallen in love with. Because the concept is very weird to understand at first, but once you see it played once or twice, it makes a lot of sense and you are just glued to it because, oh wow, if someone actually just takes the risk and goes for the exact answer, they could walk out of here with millions of dollars and, and it doesn't happen that often. So it works on multiple levels. One, it's the appearance of they're winning millions of pounds, but they don't. You have to get exact answers to bank. And two, the payout, the risk factor makes it such an edge of your seat kind of show because even though they're losing 50,000, it looks like they're at the million or two million pound level, which makes it just a little bit better. Uh, negative wise, it's just that you were trying to do a lot of the game show bullshit that we saw in American game shows. Like, hey, we brought a celebrity to root you on. We brought your friends and family to uh, which makes it very Americanized in that way. But in a way, I, 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 it, it didn't bother me enough that I went, oh, I hate this. Get rid of it. Because to me, it was the one I couldn't miss. And because of a show like Limitless One Season 2, it bumped off Only Connect, one of my favorite game shows in the last few years, and had a fantastic quiz format. Uh, a lot of inclusion in the LGBTQIA community. Uh, non-binary contestants were having just a field day and having the best time of their lives, which made me just feel so happy because I, I have friends who identify as non-binary. So it's like, oh, I can see them with the contestants there and if they're happy, this is such a great, happy, comforty show. But then Limitless Wind stumps by and it's like, fuck. It just, that's, that's basically what happened. It's like, I thought what would be like an easy uh, year list has ended up becoming just rough to say the least but limitless win ends up stealing another spot here in the should have not been here but i guess it did british game show list 
and it took my number three position. And it's one that I do recommend people watch if they could try to, because amazing play along factor, a good drama, and, and moments where you're going to be like, what the hell, why did you do that? And that's the secret to a really good game show. Is if, if you are screaming at your scream at your screen, why did you do that? You have something good. You have something good on your hands. Um, <clears throat> which leads me to my number two game show. Last year's number one game show was Taskmaster, but unfortunately it fell one spot this year to number two. I know, it's so weird that sometimes the Taskmaster is a show that has been on here pretty much all the time, fluctuates from where it belongs, but it's back to its number two position. And it's no fault at a Taskmaster at hand, it's still one of the best game shows out there because essentially it's a very... A fun little format that's with comedians and it's it's a celebrity game show that has all these clever little physical challenges and creative challenges that you kind of like in reality television shows but it's played more for laughs as a light entertainment show and has gone strong for over 10 years now at this point which is amazing um People have been playing the board game or they've been looking at the streaming app and it's been sort of this cultural phenomenon all over the world. I, I mean, I remember when it was just season one on Dave and it was like this sort of like secret show. Like, Have you seen Taskmaster? I know you haven't heard of it, but it's this really fun comedian game. To now it being like one of Channel 4's biggest hits next to Great British Bake Off. Uh, that it's it's sort of that must-see show. And again, Taskmaster, just because Taskmaster's on the list doesn't necessarily mean just the UK game show with Alex Horn makes the cut. This is a year where Taskmaster has basically catapulted internationally because things like the New Zealand version uh, has existed uh, with Jeremy. And then you have things like the new Australian version with Tom Gleason, which I fucking love. Because I love Tom Gleason on Hard Quiz, and you have a Quebecy version, and you have, uh, and you have like all these international formats of Taskmaster, in a way that it's it's again the biggest like elbow to America fucked it up so much because of this great show that exists everywhere else in the world, because of its clever behavior, its clever challenges. And even though it, it, it sh it's kind of losing its luster here and there if it's challenges, when you watch international versions, even if it's Boss to Test uh, or uh, like the Denmarky version or Sweet version, it, it, it's this sort of like, oh, every version has their own clever wordplay, their own clever challenges, and their own version of a, co a comedian basically having a nervous breakdown on air, which makes it very funny uh, to watch. So in many ways, Taskmaster could have been ended after three years and, and would have had a good run. But the fact it's still going strong 
still doing clever puzzles, is now growing in, in schools and growing in, in international audiences, tells me there's still plenty of, of, uh, of love left in this show and plenty of creativity still left in this show. So it's still one of the best game shows out there. And again, it's still a game show. It's formatted. Prize task, three task, live task. Most points wins the prize task pot from the beginning of the show. And whoever wins the most points at the end of 10 episodes or eight episodes or five episodes, depending on which format it is, uh, takes home the trophy, the head of the taskmaster. Uh, so that's just how it goes. Uh, taskmaster this year has been just a delightful series. Um I will admit I had a, a backlog of the Australian version to get through, but I have fallen in love with every variant of Taskmaster currently. It's still one of the rare game shows where it's like, man, I wish I was a successful comedian so I could be a contestant on it because I think I have a chance. But it, it just happens that way. And I'm glad a lot of places are trying their own version of Taskmaster. I saw a, uh, I think it's Good Mythical Morning uh, try their hands at reboot like doing like a mini taskmaster to which uh again i'll say like i said a few years ago um if you're going to do like an american taskmaster now i think it's better to just do it as an internet show get younger internet people to try and play it but just get variants like you don't have to get everybody to do it and then you just have the actual assistant and the taskmaster and i think you have a success there it, it, it's still very doable format and for me, it's still that can't miss sort of show because no matter how I feel in certain days, it's still that show that brings me a smile to my face. So I can't I can't thank that show enough for being a comedian comedy show, but also being that sort of uh, cheerful, happy kind of show that I, I could just watch when I'm feeling very uh, low down and sad. So <laughs> Taskmaster continues to run its course i hope to see it again next year with my top five list in 2024 but who knows <laughs> anything is possible but to me taskmaster is a winner uh and alex horn probably wants to do a lot more spinoffs which leaves me to the biggest question taskmaster was my number one show but that means that we have a new number one that's this year. What is the number one game show? What is my favorite game show of this year? I wish we had more dramatic lighting or dramatic lights and music, but we don't. And plus, it's already spoiled if you just look at the thumbnail image on the episode. So let's take it away. Here is my number one favorite game show of last year slash this year.
That's right. The best game show isn't British. What a twist. It is Press Your Luck. Yes, this year has a bunch of twists. Uh, I literally just told you didn't make it. Moneybags didn't make it. Jeopardy didn't make it. Uh, the Price is Right, which I always th th feel like it, it should be making this list every year, did not make this list. The Price, Let's Make a Deal didn't make it. And even though Let's Make a Deal had a rocky season two and three, uh, this year, the return of the audience mode has brought back that energy to press your luck that I've been waiting for in quite a while since season one. So press your luck uh, by having its energy back with the audience, having the prizes uh, be more related to the contestants and just being this very edge of your seat game show in the last year has made it my favorite game show. In this uh, exciting world of game shows, um, I always love game shows that are one surprises two play along and three edge of your seat kind of oh dear oh no i hope you make it and press your luck had all of the elements i look for in a game show it's the last time i enjoyed press your luck is the same way i like deal or no deal uk when it comes down to that final round that bonus round with the winning contestant it goes from a classic game of press your luck with the three players and you pass your spins into a sort of deal or no deal uk where now we're seeing this contestant go on this little journey and we're finding out a lot of things about them from their favorite foods to what they do in their spare time to what means the most to them, like family or their football team uh, in a way that it's now you root for them to succeed in a way that is, to me anyway, a really fantastic game show. No other game show in the world does that. No, no, when it comes time to a let's get emotional with the contestant and offer the pony, it's like a deal or no deal. We, we want you to hit the deal so you win the pony. On Press Your Luck, you get the pony, but we want you to get more money. You can get all of it. And, and that is the difference between Press Your Luck and Deal or No Deal. Is when you wave the dream prize in their face, it's sort of to knock them away from the million, but on Press Your Luck, that dream prize is the we just want you to win the fucking dream prize and the money and more more stuff. And when it comes to prizes on prices or on the on press your luck, it does a better job than prices right and let's make a deal. And those are the only two real game shows that offer up prizes, air quotes. When it comes to prices right, a lot of the prizes are your standard game show flair. It's a vacation, it's a car. Uh, otherwise, it's, uh, you know, like like patio furniture, <laughs> a, a, a boat, uh, uh, groceries for a year. And it's like, yeah, those are really good prices. Don't get me wrong. Let's make a deal. Hey, here's like a home music studio. That's a cool little prize. Oh, here's a laptop computers and an Apple iPhone. Neat. That's a really cool prize. On Price Your Luck, that's like a round one square prize. It, or it's a car. Well, that's a round two prize. That's the BMW on the board. And yeah, okay, that's fantastic. But then, because it's press your luck, and this is why I love it so much. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Why do we have to fucking give a trip to Thailand? Why do we have to give like a Disney cruise? I mean, yeah, okay, we can have a Disney cruise, but 
What about we give soft serve ice cream machines, cotton candy, a hot dog cart? What if we uh, let people go on a, a wine tour in, in Naples, Italy and France? Why don't we just have it be that it's not just a Disney cruise, it's a Disney cruise and a trip to Tokyo Disney. And it, it becomes this sort of like, we can give away 20 Roomba vacuums. We can give away a, a lifetime supply of, of, of flaming hot Cheetos. In a way that it's like, this is what a game show could really be. The last time I had this sort of shock with the prizes was on the prices Right colon era, where they're giving away fucking like homes and they're giving away like like 300 cases of champagne like it's out of control prizes and presser luck has brought that back in its format that no matter who is the contestant you're just sort of looking at the prizes going this is great and if it's not the prizes of course it's the cash and when you can see that they can win up to a million dollars Hell yeah, it's not just a million-dollar luck-based game show. It is a luck-based game show for a million bucks, but sometimes, even if it's not to win the million bucks, it's still to root for the contestant to just win something, anything fun, because everyone is just such a happy-go-lucky show. It is, to me, the same reason people love Price is Right. It's such a happy, feel-good sort of show, but there is that element of chance of that whammy, which makes it a little sketch show, which makes it fun in a way that uh, I just, I couldn't miss an episode of, Pre of Presser Luck this year. When it came time to, like, making my list, I was, like, really shocked by the lack of American game shows this year. And I, I don't want to say it's because of budgetary reasons, uh, because, to me, that is a dismissal to a lot of GSN shows, unfortunately, is that $10,000 top prize, $1,000 for winning the show, to me, I, it, that's just not original. That's not fun. That's just sort of just baseline. We don't really care about the game format enough to try and think about prizes, so we'll just do this. Uh, and when it comes time to like other formats that are in prime time, it's $100,000, or it's $50,000, or $25,000, or it's a tournament like Holy Moly where you play for a quarter mil. It, it press your luck doesn't need that press your luck is like we can give away a million bucks it, it could happen any episode but we know if you're here to watch the show it's to see someone try and win their dream car or, or try to win a family vacation they've always wanted and you root for them in a way that is you don't have that sort of i want them to win that sort of i want you to win atmosphere the last time i, f I felt that way is price is right that I want that contestant to win. And that took me back to the final episode of Game Shows, I suppose, when I was talking The Price is Right. And it's that show where The Price is Right works so well because everyone who is in the, in the audience queue is a stranger in the beginning of the show. They don't know each other. They've never met each other. They might have dif disagreements politically. Who knows? But the second one of their them is on stage... It doesn't fucking matter. I want them to win the, the jet ski. I want them to win uh, $10,000. And they root for them. The same sort of thing happens with Presser Luck. You never met these three players before. And at the end of the show, one of them has a chance to win, like, a dream car they've always wanted. And 
no matter what, everyone in the audience is rooting for the guy. The two other contestants are rooting for them. It becomes this very happy game show that's really hard to explain in an audio form. When you watch Press Your Luck, it's now a heartfelt, sympathetic, you root for them. So that way, when you see that someone might have like a dream car or, hey, uh, we are offering up uh, this life-saving thing that will help you out. And you're already now at over $200,000. Like, holy cow, this is great. And then you hear, do you want to press your luck three more spins? $100,000 is the big bucks bonanza. You are so close to the million. Then there's that little element of you can walk away with the money and prizes or you want to keep playing. And sometimes the contestant goes... I'm pressing my luck, and you go, no, I don't want you to whammy. Or what I also see sometimes is someone not winning any prizes or they're having really bad luck, and it's suddenly like the dream prize hits up, and, and it's in the first or second spin of the final round, and now suddenly this is the last spin of the game. If you avoid the whammy, you take it home. If you hit the whammy, you lose it all. And suddenly all of that drama and pressure is now on this final spin in a way that's even more extended to the final spin in round one or round two or whatever you want to call the main game. And that to me is what makes pressure look so exciting is that you are taking contestants on a journey. You're rooting for them. Fantastic prizes, fantastic cash. Elizabeth Banks is such a great host at this. And again, I just want to point this out here. This is Elizabeth Banks. Like, she has, like, a Hollywood resume here. She directed Cocaine Bear. And here she is rooting for, like, home bombs to win, like, their their car for their kids or college tuition. Like, it's such a fantastic show. And to me, that is why I, I like Press Your Luck so much. The questions are fun. The contestants are fun. It's such a quote-unquote fun game show. To me, that's what game shows ultimately should be. It's just fun. I don't really want a dramatic elimination game show like Survivor from time to time. My, I'm already miserable. I want shows that make me feel happy to watch. So all of my choices this year has been shows that offer up a lot of money or surprises in a way that I found a lot exciting to watch. And you could say it's mindless. It's a game show, obviously. But when it comes time to it, it's there's so many game shows out there in the world. Obviously, your favorite may not have made this list. Wheel of Fortune, for instance, did not make this list. Family Feud did not make this list. The Voice did not make this list. RuPaul's Drag Race did not make this list. There's so many game shows out there in the world, and I've always advocate that there's a game show out there that someone's watching and they don't know yet that it's a game show. And for me, these are my personal five favorite game shows. Because to me, these are the shows that exemplify what I want to see in a game show. And they are either creative enough that it's it's eye-opening, you want to keep watching the next episode, or they are able to switch and adapt with the times, such as Taskmaster, for instance. 
Um, that is not to dismiss the likes of Let's Make a Deal or The Price is Right. These are shows that I still enjoy watching and still owe my Paramount Plus subscription to. If, if I ever see them not on Paramount Plus, I'm not going to fucking subscribe anymore. Uh, it, it, it's, to me, the exciting part about game shows. And that's why Press Your Luck is so good. Which leads me to this final thought, is that uh, Haven Studios. Uh, in, the, in recent news, uh, I hate to like break into the current news structure, The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal are moving their offices. Now, Price is Right has been in the Bob Barker studio in Television City for almost 50 years, 51 years almost. And uh, Let's Make a Deal has been bouncing all over the place since the beginning. They don't have a proper home. I think that is shitty. I think Let's Make a Deal should have a, a structured home. I hate the fact that it's a sister show and doesn't feel like it belongs because it should belong. Um, but Fremontal Media, the people who also behind Family Feud and Press Your Luck, uh, bought out the Haven Studios and is making that basically a central hub for all their formats and creations. So Family Feud's going to be filming there. Press Your Luck's going to be filming there. Let's Make a Deal is going to be filming there. Uh, the Price is Right for CBS is going to be filming there. And I'm going to assume any new formats that are Fremontle owned, with the exception of maybe Password. But it wouldn't surprise me if Password moves to that studio as well. Um... Because that is uh, a cool idea. So the game show fandom, obviously, they're heartbroken. But this is the Bob Barker studio and we're remodeling all the... On the one hand, yeah, that's kind of sad that Television City has to be remodeled and therefore Prices Right has to move. But me, and I'm talking just me, I think it's really cool. Can you just imagine this? There's this whole studio space that's just devoted to Fremontle shows. There's this whole studio structure devoted to game shows. This is a game show hub, an actual game show hub, not like a GSN where they're going to Silmar Studios for, for a weekend and that's it. No, this is an actual proper game show hub. And the only other place that has that sort of hub is so is Sony for for Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy? That is so cool to me. That Fremontal Media is trying to put their creations into one hub, and it's a central place in Glendale, which is closer than uh, Television City from my home. So that's even more of a plus. Uh, in a way that I am very excited to see what happens, how the new set would look, how Let's Make a Deal will look, where are they going to do all these things in a way that I'm really excited for what lies ahead. The last time I felt this excited was, of course, the reboot of G4, and I, we saw how that ended up, but uh, for me, Fremont having a central hub to all their game shows, meaning that I'm at a one-stop spot to seeing all the sets? Hell fucking yes. Hell yeah. That's amazing. And I hope a lot more people who are in the game show fandom can also kind of appreciate that how cool that is. It's not just one soundstage to another soundstage to then suddenly you have to drive like five miles down the road to go to Radford. No, no, no. It's all in one spot. This is Nickelodeon Studios for the game show nerd. And that to me is what makes it exciting. Uh, so I think Press Your Luck uh, deserved the win this year. 
it it brought a big smile to my face in what was arguably one of the worst years of my life. Um, but I look forward to seeing the new season, always seeing what the new twists are, seeing the new whammies, and I hope it is a very fun summer fun and games this year with it. So that's it. Again, five fantastic game show formats that I hope you guys take a look at and enjoy. Because personally, there's so many game shows out there. So even if you disagree with my list and the, and the choices should have been this or that, it doesn't matter. The, you have your own personal list. And if you do and you have your own favorite game shows, hit me up on social media. Hit me up at Jordha on Twitter or Instagram. I'm sure you're my friend on Facebook. But most importantly, hit me up on Patreon.com slash Jordan Haas or at my Discord let me know what your favorite game shows are. Let's chat about them and let's have a good time about this. I will see you again in the future for another episode of a podcast with Jordan Haas. And I'll see you one year time from now for the next top five list. Hope you guys have a great rest of your year. Until next time, good night and big smooch. Mwah.